Fish Bites podcast, and we have a really special guest today. I kind of say that every time, but this time I really mean it. I'm joined by the Marlins 69th overall pick of the draft, Will Banfield, already the top catching prospect in the Marlins organization. Will, thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So let's go through your accomplishments first and foremost, because I, I want people to know, I mean, how how impressive of a pick the Marlins got here. You were the Gwinnett County Player of the Year out in Georgia. You played for Team USA. You played in the Perfect Game All-American Game. You played in the Under Armour All-American Game. And you were the Perfect Game Defensive Player of the Year. You led Brookwood High School in hits, doubles, and RBIs. What do you think led to you having so much success? And, and what do these accolades mean to you? Uh, you know, they, they mean everything, really. I just, I've been blessed with the opportunity to play this game of baseball. and playing a game that you love uh, for really your job right now is really just unbelievable because, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, wish that they had, I guess, the chance. And I'm just trying to, like, take it and run with it and do everything that I'm able to do. And God has blessed myself with uh, great ability, I guess, thus far. So I just got to keep working and grinding and all that. So uh, I'll just, like, keep at it and, you know, just, like, keep striving for more and more. Well, you really have taken it and run because here you are, 18 years old. I mean, you were just graduating high school a couple months ago. Now you've signed a contract just under $2 million. And like I said earlier, you're the top catching prospect in the Marlins organization. You've already had your pro debut. Has this all been a blur for you? Like, have you been able to take it in at all? You know, it has been a blur. Uh, it's crazy because, you know, like every little kid's dream is to play professional baseball and really to essentially get drafted and you know that kind of happened for me a month ago it was it was a blur you know I mean it, it was just crazy how everything happened and I'm just blessed to be in the shoes that I am in right now and really just like that step of being drafted it gets me even more excited and makes me even want to work even harder to just like continue to get better and continue to work harder because you know you got to go through this uh, like minor league part of I guess, the stage of your professional career and, you know, trying to just get out of the minor leagues and make it up to the big stage, really what it's all about. Absolutely. And and we'll talk about the high school stage a little bit too. Brookwood High School, it's where you played, you know, all four years, correct? Yes, sir. So your high school loves you, as I can tell from Twitter. <laughs> I mean, the second I announced that you would be on uh, our show, I had Brookwood alumni, had Brookwood students, Brookwood coaches, Brookwood baseball accounts, all over liking, following, and, <laughs> and showing you so much love, which is amazing to see. How much did your high school mean to you, and how much do you think that that baseball program and the school in general played a part in where you are today? You know, they mean everything to me. I was brought up in a really good community. Uh, everybody were behind me and had my back, whether it be playing baseball or uh, during school or whatever, like just any part of my life and just I had a lot of really really good coaches and friends and like family friends that really just like like stuck with me through it all and uh, I couldn't do anything to thank them enough for that and I don't think I'd be here uh, today if I were if I wasn't around like the right people for my community and another another person I see very active and supporting you on Twitter is your sister and Marlins fans have kind of gotten a hold of her and, and have been really excited by the stuff that she's been sharing how close are you with her and how much has she helped you through all of this, especially at this most exciting point of your life, probably? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, she's awesome. Uh, she used to play softball back in the day, and she usually comes to all of my games. So uh, it's really just awesome to have a sister. And also I have a brother as well that uh, just, like, support me in everything that I do. And her, like, tweeting and all that kind of stuff is pretty awesome because I get to see, I guess, all the pictures that were taken of me and stuff like that that I haven't seen yet. So then she puts them up there, and I get to see them really for the first time as well. But, you know, just, I mean, my whole family, just my mom is uh, my rock and everything to me. And really, there's nobody else in my life that has done more than that woman. And uh, really, I just, I can't do anything to thank her enough for doing everything she's done for me, because I definitely wouldn't be here today without what my mom has done. And also, again, with my sister and brother, they they have just done everything for me, really just like sticking with me and all my ups and downs of baseball, whether it be going through a slump or just really just, I mean, just going through school-wise, if I was struggling in a class or something like that, they've really all been there for me. And that's awesome to hear, and you know they'll be there every step of the way, hopefully all the way to the big leagues. And talking about that and professional baseball, take us through draft night a little bit. I mean, you were kind of all over the place in mock drafts. It's really hard to know what's going on, and especially when you're just the player. And did you have any idea where you would be selected, and how did you handle the anxiety of waiting for your name to be called? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was an unbelievable night. Uh, again, like I said before, it was just like it was a night that every kid like dreams of and waits for. Uh, so, you know, draft night, uh, we're just sitting around, just chilling, waiting for a call, waiting to see what happens. I really didn't have a clear shot of where I was going to go or where I was going to go or what was going to happen. It was just all like what kind of went down, I guess, before. And, you know, just sitting there with my mom by my side and also with my high school coach and then my brother and my sister. And then we had a lot of other like family friends and uh, friends of mine as well that came to the house to support me as well. But uh, just sitting there going through it and then uh, getting the call from the Marlins and having them wanting to select me is just the most humbling like experience of my life because a team like I guess wanted me, you know what I'm saying, that much. So just having like them having faith in me was unbelievable so really just we made it happen right there on the phone and then got picked at the 69th selection and we just kind of uh, went with it from there and so now I'm down here in Jupiter trying to get my pro career started. So when I announced that I was going to have you on the show I mentioned that you were the 69th overall pick and before I even got any questions I had a lot of responses saying like nice and you know with the 69 <laughs> jokes how many jokes have you gotten with that and do you almost wish you were picked one pick later? If it was to the dude, same team, dude, I'm just I'm just glad to be picked. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, it's, it's whatever. Like yeah. all the jokes are funny, all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, it, it's really just like humor. It's just like seeing everything on Twitter, and it it's just it's fun to like read through them and just laugh at it and everything like that. So I mean, no, I mean, I I was selected in a great spot, and I wouldn't take it back for the world. So. <laughs> well, that's a great answer, and also, I mean, that's a great attitude to have because Twitter can be brutal out there sometimes and uh, oh, yeah. if you can take it with a grain of salt I mean it could be your best friend or your worst enemy <laughs> um, I'm that's glad right, you're just enjoying right. it so far and I mean I yes, can tell sir. you so far the fans love you and I'm sure they always will <laughs> but every once in a while Twitter can be a little bit brutal I've I've, I've witnessed it myself just as a journalist <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, take us yeah a you just gotta through. I guess yeah. learn to like let it go through it and everything like that just look past it and just keep rolling with your life so and I'm sure that's something the Marlins will start talking to you more about as time goes oh, on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of, of the Marlins in the organization and, and that call you got, 
I'm not sure who spoke to you uh, on the phone, but we, my, myself included and you I'm, you, I'm sure you grew up watching Derek Jeter. How did it feel to be drafted by a guy you grew up watching and grew up almost running the Major League Baseball in, in terms of being one of the best players that we've seen in our generation? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that, like, Derek Jeter is uh, my boss now. Like, he's he's the big man, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything goes by him or runs through him. So it's pretty sweet to know that. Uh, it was kind of cool because I think, like, a week before draft night, obviously I don't know where I'm going to go and everything like that. And um, I bought a pair of uh, Jeter shoes, uh, some Jordan 11s, um, and it's pretty sweet that a week later I got drafted by the Marlins and he's now my boss. So pretty cool to throw those on and be like I'm wearing my boss's shoes right now you know <laughs> so I mean <laughs> that's, really yeah, that's just awesome. the whole, yeah yeah just the whole aspect of just having Derek Jeter as my boss is, is pretty sweet and not something that everybody could say so I'm I'm just really humbled for that and and I mean a future Hall of Famer one of the all-time greats said you know what Will Banfield's got to be our third pick in this draft and I mean that's something like you said no one can ever take away from you oh yeah yeah I mean it's crazy just to know uh, that I guess he wanted me uh, at that third pick and wanted me as their first catching prospect in the draft. And it's pretty cool and humbling to know that he wanted me, I guess, that much uh, for me to come down here and start in their organization and start my pro career off for him. Absolutely. And, and can you talk to us a little bit about your your college recruiting process? So you were committed to Vanderbilt. I'm sure you had plenty of other offers. What made you decide Vanderbilt uh you know just the people I guess in general and the coaches were unbelievable and uh the facilities were top of the line and uh it was in a really cool city as well in Nashville Tennessee and really just my first time visiting Vanderbilt I kind of stepped on the campus and I knew that I mean this was a school for me uh coach Corbin was unbelievable and one thing I really liked about him is that once you were in like the program the college program with them he kind of taught you to be more than just a baseball player rather than just be a baseball player on the field and he kind of taught players or show players or guided players to be I guess gentlemen and actually real men off the field as well as well as being the best baseball player they can be on the field so I mean really just the whole aspect of the coaches the atmosphere and the people uh, at Vanderbilt and in Nashville so and some people may argue with me about this, but I almost categorize Vanderbilt as a baseball school. I mean, basketball is up and down. Football is pretty much just down. So you, you decided to, you know, skip out on three or four years of, of playing baseball in SEC competition on a main stage in college baseball. How set were you on going there? And, and how difficult was the decision to ultimately sign with the Marlins? Uh, you know, it was difficult. I'm just, I guess skipping out on that education and uh, having to, I guess, like miss out on like the college life or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, baseball is my life. Uh, that's really all I've known. So signing with the Marlins, you know, I, I kind of like no brainer once everything like came together because really just all my life I've been wanting to play pro baseball and uh, win a World Series. So really just signing that contract was the first step to a bigger goal of mine. and. You know, I mean, it was it was hard just like to say no, I guess, to Vanderbilt and go a different route. But, you know, I'm I'm blessed with everything that they gave me and the scholarship that they gave me and the opportunity to play at such a high elite uh, and high level school uh, such as Vanderbilt. And 
going to, I guess, academic school like that and a baseball school is pretty sweet. But, you know, like I said, uh, playing baseball is my life and that's all I've really known. So signing that contract was, I mean, the best day of my life because I really completed that first step of my ultimate goal. And are there any prospects that you already know in the Marlins system or that you had any familiarity with? Uh, yes, sir, I have. Yeah, Connor Scott. Uh, we've met a couple times uh, in the fall, in the summer, this past summer. Uh, awesome. And, and how, have, how has that been playing with Connor Scott and some other players in your draft class? Osiris Johnson just played with the Gulf Coast League as well with you and Dalton, or Dalton Pompey, or Tristan Pompey, sorry. And how has that been playing with the players in your draft class on your team? You know, it's pretty sweet. Uh, Connor Scott is my roommate, actually. Uh, we're staying up at the Marriott, and he's my roommate. So it's pretty cool to have, I guess, a first-rounder with me as well and a kid that's going through the same stuff as me uh, through the locker room and through the organization. So we're two uh, high school kids uh, going through it together. And really, we ha ultimately have the same goal as well. So it's pretty cool to have, I guess, somebody that you've known a little bit before come in, be your roommate, and going through the same thing that you are in the organization. And also with like Osiris, I played with him a little bit as well. So it's also pretty sweet to have another high school kid like him to come in here and just go through it as well. And it's cool because we're kind of all like playing up the middle. Um, Connor's the center fielder and then Osiris is the shortstop and I'm the catcher. So it's pretty cool just to look straight up. And then that's, that's your boys that got drafted with you. So, and then um, Tristan Pompey as well. He's a pretty sweet dude too. Uh, plays really well. I mean, he can hit really well uh, too. So just going in the locker room and meeting him for the first time was pretty sweet because he's a really awesome guy. And really just everybody in the Mar Marlins organization have been really welcoming and we're just looking forward to keep getting this thing going. So. And Tristan, if you listen, I'm sorry for calling you your brother. I'll, I'll get used to that. It's Tristan Pompey, Dalton Pompey played for the Blue Jays. That's my <laughs> mistake. Disclaimer, I'm just going to put that out there. But he seems like a fun guy on social media as well, and I'm sure he's a fun guy to play with. And it seems like a really fun draft class and a lot to be excited about. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really just exciting just to go through it. And there is a lot of, like, different types of guys here, and it's cool because we're all coming together as one, and we're all kind of just merging as one, and all of our personalities coming together. So it's cool to see how it all play out on the field once we're all out there playing. And another guy that I was wondering if you had a familiarity with in the Marlins system, Braxton Garrett. He's from Alabama, uh, but he did play for the East Cobb Astros, which is based out of Georgia. I know you played for Team Elite, if I'm not mistaken, but – he is. He did play in Georgia. I faced him a few years back, and uh, I used to think I was a pretty decent ball player. He struck me out, painted 94 on the inside corner, and I realized, okay, maybe <laughs> I'm better off on the other side of the fence. When did you realize <laughs> that, hey, I can make a career out of this thing, and when did you realize that you had a future in baseball? You know, uh, just you mentioning uh, Braxton Garrett, I actually played with him uh, on my travel team when I grew up, when I was 16 years old at the East Cobb Astros, so... It was kind of cool. It was kind of like a little flashback because once I got uh, down here to Jupiter, I walked in the clubhouse and everything. Uh, I saw him and it was kind of like a little reunion, you know what I'm saying? So he kind of like saw me, I saw him and we like dapped each other up and it was pretty cool that uh, we started out at the same place. He was just a couple of years older and uh, we're coming at the same place right now and now in the same organization. But really uh, back to your question, just when I knew, I guess, that this could be, I guess, a career or something that I could try to play for a long time or as my job. Uh, I'd say really just like 
when I was 14, uh, just starting, like, I guess, really, like, just traveling everywhere and starting to get, like, college looks and everything like that. And um, just knowing that I'm playing up with older kids, so they had big pro scouts uh, come out and see them as well. Like, uh, I played with Braxton Garrett, like I said, and Will Benson, who got drafted that same year as well. So once I started playing up a little bit and having those scouts come to the games and also the college scouts, I kind of knew that I could try to do this uh I guess as a job or as a career and it was kind of cool to like see them go through it as well and uh like try to envision myself going through it a couple of years after them so funny you mentioned Will Benson he was also on that East Cobb Astros team when I faced him and he ran all the way over to our side of the field when, we, when he was warming up and was throwing foul pole to foul pole I don't know if it was to intimidate us or just to warm up or anything like that do you have any sort of a pre-game things to get you ready. I know I watched a perfect game video where you talked about what you do behind the plate to get your hands ready and, and get yourself ready to receive the ball. What else do you do before the game to get ready? Uh, I'd really just say like listen to music, uh, play my, my music on my headphones and just get like into the game in my own mind right before the game starts and just like kind of run through the situations uh, that I hope, hope uh, will play out uh, when the game starts. But Really just, I mean, listening to music, nothing too much, just trying to keep everything simple before the game, just to keep my, my mind cool and uh, not stress or anything like that and just, like, stay chill before the game. And you mentioned uh, playing when you were 14 years old was about roughly when you realized you could make a career out of this thing. When did you start specializing at catcher, and when did you realize that that was your position? Yeah, so uh, I, I started specializing in catcher really the end – my uh, 13, I guess, season, 13U season. Uh, so really my 14U season. And uh, my coach uh, gave me a bag one day and was like, we need a catcher. Do you want to catch? And I saw a bag with more gear and more equipment. So I was like, sure, I'll catch if I get another bag and more stuff. So that's kind of how I got it uh, rolling. Uh, I was always like a shortstop, third baseman, and also pitch. So just, I guess, trans transitioning uh, from that into a catcher, uh, was tough at first I guess for that I guess for how young I was just like switching from I guess middle infield corner of the infield and then going behind the plate so um but after I mean I got accustomed to it that first year then I kind of like ran with it as well and uh just found out that this is my position and uh I'm gonna keep like getting better at it and keep doing what I can to like get to know all my pitchers and everything like that so it's really turned out to a position that I love most on the field. And I, I just love like the aspect or the whole aspect of catching as well. Well, you've developed into a pretty darn good catcher. I mean, MLB.com referred to you as a potential gold glove catcher. I mean, what does that mean to you? And, and how does it feel to have already so soon have these high expectations? And how do you, how do you handle those? You know, it's really humbling. Uh, God, again, has blessed me with the abilities that uh, he has set me with, and I'm going to keep doing everything I can do to glorify his name and just keep playing hard and working hard. And, you know, again, it's it's just humbling to know that I'm even, like, being, like, considered as a gold glover or one day just uh, be a gold glove finalist. So, I mean, I'm just going to keep working hard and day in and day out, do everything I can to get better and better at my position and being a better person, better teammate, and just a better, uh, like, man at the end of the day. So, 
So you mentioned get working harder and harder to get better at your position. Is there anything specifically you've been working on since you got to pro ball behind the plate and any, any sort of part of catching that you want to fine tune? Uh, you know, really just the whole aspect, uh, just like the little things, making sure the backup throws and all that kind of stuff, just making sure that I polish all the little stuff and then really just like going through it and getting more reps of catching more and more pitchers. So really, I guess, uh, just like, like I said, the whole aspect of just making sure that I fine tune every little thing that I can, uh, that a good catcher needs and, um, really just going through that and then mixing just going from seven innings to nine innings just withstanding that nine inning game rather than that seven inning high school game so really it's not too much of a difference it's just a little hotter down here in Florida and then just two innings longer so it's not too much well yeah I actually before you came on I mentioned I was like how is the heat in that gear because I grew up in South Florida (laughs) trust me I know how brutal it can be and I, I don't even have gear on I mean it's (laughs) adds another 10 degrees or so and of course the answer you give me is I'm just happy to be out there but I think that really describes your attitude towards the game and since you've gotten to the Gulf Coast League I mean with the hiring of Gary Denbo in the Marlins front office there's been more of a emphasis on player development has there any has there been any sort of thing any emphasis from the professional coaches since you've gotten there on an attitude or any certain things that you should do are they kind of just letting you go uh, I mean, they, they kind of lead us, they guide us uh, to be the best player that we can be. Uh, they're trying to do everything that they can to bring us up and make us a better player at position, at our position, and get us better in general. So, you know, they're just, they're guiding us to be the best player, like I said. And, uh, you know, it's it's cool to come in here from being at, like, I guess a high school and coming in here and uh, seeing these, like, MLB minds and guys who have played in the league and, uh, who have coached in the league and everything like that and see their aspects on every part of the game. And it's cool to like just like pick their ear a little bit and just know what they're thinking at times compared to what other people are thinking. So it's cool to go in there and learn from, I guess, the best of the best and from coaches that have done this for a while or players that just got out of it who have played for a while and been through the same experiences that hopefully uh, I'll be going through as well. Well, you mentioned learning from the best of the best. You got a pretty good catcher up in the bigs for the Marlins named JT Real Muto. What do you think, how much does it mean to you that you could potentially be learning from one of the best catchers in the game? Oh, I mean, it's pretty sweet. Uh, just knowing that uh, I have a lot to work like towards to and just maybe even one day just like meeting somebody of that caliber and just like picking the ear, like I said, and seeing what they're thinking at all times behind the plate compared to what other people were thinking, like I said. So, I mean, it's pretty sweet that, I mean, that could happen one day, and I hope so. I just got to keep keep working hard and trying to make it through up the, up through these minor, minor leagues and uh, hopefully make it up to the big stage one day and then get to meet somebody like that and pick their ear, like I said, and just, like, just talk to them and see what difference they have in catching rather than I have in catching and, maybe even like merge some of those to make me a better player or a better person as well. And I think everyone can tell by now this deep into the interview that you're a pretty humble guy, but you have to recognize that there's some distinguishing factors that got you to this point. What do you think are those distinguishing factors that make you so good behind the plate and make you such a good hitter? What separates you from the rest of the bunch? Uh, I think it's just my heart, uh, my love for the game and, 
Uh, I mean, like I said, this has been my life, uh, my whole life. I've really just like straight away from like having a summer and everything, just going out on like uh, like travel ball trips and going out to different states to play baseball to get seen every and everything like that. So I'd say just my heart and then uh, the way I play the game and how hard I work because to me I'm the hardest worker uh, there is in a clubhouse or on a team or anywhere really because I I really take pride in playing the, this game and like I said uh, I've been given the opportunity to play this game so uh, why not just go out there and do the best that I can and get better at it each day and just work as hard as I can to be the best me on the field. And going back to your accolades and some of the experiences you had, you got to play for Team USA, like I said. You played in the Perfect Game All-American game. You played in the Under Armour All-American game. What was your favorite experience out of those opportunities? You know, uh, it was really humbling to be in uh, those situations at the Perfect Game, All-American game, Under Armour, and uh, to play for Team USA. But, you know, uh, it's, it's pretty sweet to play for Team USA and have USA across your chest and know that you're playing for your country. And it was pretty cool because we went 9-0 and we brought the gold back, back to the U.S. And just having that gold medal around our necks and knowing that we did this for our country and we went out there and we played the best that we can for our country and for the people back home. So it was pretty sweet to go out there and just like, I guess, play for everybody back in the U.S. and playing against kids from different countries and knowing that they're playing for the same reason as well. And it was pretty cool that we were able to go 9-0 and win win the tournament and bring it back to the U.S. So. And you mentioned going 9-0, absolutely dominating that tournament. How What was it like playing with so many guys that you know that you could probably be seeing in pro ball and in the future? Who is your closest friend out of that bunch? Uh, I mean, it, it was pretty sweet just like play with all of that great competition and um, with the whole pitching staff that we had and all the position players and it's pretty cool to go through this draft or this past draft this past month and see all the guys that you played with get drafted as well. And I really, I don't, I'm not sure if I could pick one. Uh, all the guys are great, but I mean, Bryce Terrain was uh, my roommate and we kind of hit it off pretty, pretty well. And uh, I mean, it was pretty cool to go through it with him as well. And also like Kumar Rocker and Ethan Hankins, uh, they live like 30 minutes away from me each. So, it's pretty cool to have those uh, boys, like my teammates that I play with and travel ball with Team Elite, go through it as well and go to a different country and play for our country, and we're all boys back home. So it's pretty cool to go out there and see them while I'm on the field or they're all on the field pitching and know that we're all doing this for one cause and we're bringing it back to the hometown. Well, Kumar Rocker is a guy that was also committed to Vanderbilt. He will be attending Vanderbilt. Did he give you a hard time at all for – for skipping out and deciding to sign with the Marlins or was he just proud of you and happy for you? You know, a little, a little bit of both. Uh, it was kind of bittersweet <laughs> a little bit because, you know, we always wanted to play together, but we knew what was coming up and that we were both going to be considered to be drafted, uh, whether it be drafted in the right spot or going to attend Vanderbilt. So obviously went in a different direction, but uh, I mean, a little bit of both, like I said, again, uh, it was kind of, kind of a little bit of like, me wishing I could catch him again and him wishing he could throw to me again. So really just both ways. But in the end, I know that he's going to be just fine at Vanderbilt. And, I mean, he's going to get better in these next three years, and he's going to come out better than ever uh, in the next three years and then show everybody what he's, what he's got as well. Hey, and you never know. Marlins can always use some pitching. And down the road, I would not be upset with picking Kumar Rocker because I know I agree 
wholeheartedly with you. I think he's going to develop into one heck of a pitcher over at Vanderbilt as they always do a great job developing their players. And I'm sure that's something that really attracted you. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, really just, I mean, that, that'd be pretty sweet in three years if that happened or if any more of my boys got drafted, especially to the Marlins. So we could have a little reunite sesh and just like dab each other up and know that we're in the same organization now and that we're finally playing with each other again. Well, that would be amazing. And one thing I like to ask players because I think it kind of explains a lot about the way they approach the game. What what's your favorite statistic? Um, I have to say, I guess just the RBIs. Uh, I think that's a pretty good statistic because whether it be a sack fly or you're not trying to do too much, you're not trying to be just a you person on the team, and you're not trying to just try to hit a home run all the time. Uh, you're always just trying to like do a situation, whether it be hit a ground ball to the right side to get somebody in from third or hit a sack fly to get somebody in or whether it be uh, in a clutch situation and you get a double or get a big hit and you score a couple runs and you get those RBIs. So I think RBIs can really tell a lot about a person or a player just by the way that they play the game, if they play it right or if they play it for themselves or if they're completing situations that they need to do uh, at the right time. So I think that's a pretty cool stat. I, I was wondering if you were going to say caught stealing because you did go three for three in your debut throwing runners out. How was that experience? And do you think they were trying to test the new guy a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty sweet to go out there. I think it was my first three innings catching of my debut. Uh, each inning, the first inning, somebody tried to steal the second inning and third inning. So it was pretty cool to run out there and show one of God a little bit. And I mean, I, I love when people try to steal on me because I love having a little action and trying to throw it down a second and catch them and uh i mean it, it was pretty cool to go out there in my first pro game and throw three people out and it's pretty awesome too that you have uh really good arms on the mound that can get you the ball every time at a pretty pretty good velocity you know what i'm saying so uh having them throw like a fastball up or whether it be a slider outside and i still have good footwork it was pretty sweet to go out there and throw three guys out of my first pro career uh career game well you meant you meant you mentioned the footwork you pop a one seven four, which is the the highest I've seen. I don't know if you've gotten measured at an even better time. I wouldn't be surprised. What do you think makes your pop time so impressive, and what is the keys to when you know you're quick to throw in a runner out? Uh, you know, I think it's just my arm strength, uh, and also just my like I said, my footwork. And uh, once you work, I guess, hard enough, and you take a certain number of reps, and it kind of like gets in your mind as muscle memory. So really just like knowing my feet have to go at all times and knowing that if I do botch the ball up a little bit or if it is like a slider or change up a little slower pitch and they have a good jump, I know that I can try to rely on my arm and still have good feet work to get it there. If they have a good jump and whether it be they're already halfway there and I'm just now getting the ball, I know that I, I can still stay in line and throw a good throw down a second and have a chance to get them. And those are all the keys to – being successful at catcher, and I think that's what makes JT Real Muto so good. And I've seen some comparisons made between you two even before you were selected by the Marlins in terms of an athletic catcher with a, about the same build behind the plate. And it's pretty good company to be compared to JT. Also, talking about what you were talking about with in high school with how you handled situations, driving in runs, you made it to the final four in your state tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, final four. 
And so a lot of, I was looking back and you came up clutch in a lot of situations. How do you handle that clutch situation? Is there a certain mentality or approach you have at the plate? And how do you handle the pressure in those situations? You know, uh, I try to just slow my mind down and think that I'm up there for a reason and I'm, I'm the best player at that time to be up at bat, whether it be me or my boy that's hitting behind me at the four hole or whether it be the kid in front of me or the nine hole hitter. I know that I'm always going to have faith in them. So I really just have faith in myself. And whether if I make the big hit or I get the big hit or if not, I know that everything happens for a reason. So really just going up there, I just try to slow my mind down and I try to see every pitch and make sure that I'm just, I have the right approach. I'm not trying to do too much and I'm just trying to get a base knock to put it on the next man. And I mean, you hit over 400, you hit seven home runs. I think I saw over 30, maybe 40 RBIs. How did you handle being pitched around a little bit? And I know that's something you might not have to deal with as much in pro ball, but as you climb the ranks and continue to make a name for yourself, that might be something that might be reintroduced back into your life. And yeah. how did you handle being pitched around? And, and how was, what was your approach like at the plate? And how do you think that'll change into pro ball with your approach? You know, I mean, it, it did suck at times uh, getting pitched around. So, uh, I mean, you go up there and you get in there. I'd get intentionally walked, I think, like three or four times one game. And, you know, I mean, it's really just respect, though. So, I mean, I'd rather be walked like that than just be thrown down the middle, I guess, because I have respect, I guess, on my name and how I've hit before. So, it's I guess it's humbling to be intentionally walked. But, you know, at the same time, it's kind of – kind of suck to be pitched around and throwing a bunch of off speed and everything but that's all part of the game you know so really just I guess going through that facing pitchers that were trying to throw around me and everything I mean like I said it's part of the game so I'm just going up there just trying to have the same approach every time just trying to get on base any way I can and that's pretty much all you can do but I think the one positive of pro ball is you see these guys trying to steal on you, steal on the 18-year-old young guy, and you showed them they can't do that. And I think they're going to go right after you as a hitter, and you might have to teach them a lesson pretty quickly that they can't do that either. Oh, yeah, yeah, Just uh, Just try to, like, make the transition from going from high school pitching to this pro ball pitching, and hopefully soon uh, we'll get click and we'll get the transition really nice, and hopefully we'll, we'll get, uh, I guess, a pretty good start going to my hitting career as well. Well, as we're about to wind down now, I'm glad you brought that up. What has been the biggest difference between high school pitching to pro ball, other than the obvious being velocity, but the top-level high school pitching you faced, or even if it was in those USA games and in those perfect game, All-American games, is it just the ability to throw multiple pitches for a striker? What's the big determining factor in the difference between the pro ball pitching you've seen so far and the elite high school pitching you saw? Uh, you know, I think it's pitchability. Uh, a lot of high schoolers, or high school pitching, it wasn't obviously like what I'm seeing now, I guess, in pro ball. So it was like the 80 mile per hour, maybe in the 70s. Uh, and then occasionally you get that like 90 mile per hour arm. But really, I'd say the pitchability to be able to know what pitches to throw in what situation and uh, what I guess like what speeds to throw as well. And whether you throw a fastball, curveball, slider, change up, uh, sinker or anything like that. So. Really, I think, again, like pitchability and knowing how to pitch the hitters and not just throwing a fastball down the middle or on the outside corner, but knowing how to throw the ball inside and throwing all your off-speed pitches for strikes as well. And you mentioned pitchability. A lot of that comes from the catcher and the pitches that he decides to call. How have you developed your ability to call a game, and how do you study and improve upon that ability? Uh, you know, I've, 
I've always really called my game uh, my whole life, whether it be, I guess, at high school at some point or just going through travel ball. I called my own game. So uh, really just having, I guess, the background of just like calling my own game kind of helped me, I guess, to now call my own game in pro ball. And, you know, I'll, you can always get better uh, at your position, at the whole aspect of the game of baseball. So I'm just going to keep studying up and knowing how to attack hitters at what points and what pitches to throw when I need to. And that's Will Banfield, everyone. <laughs> I wish I could keep you longer. I mean, I could just keep churning out these questions. You answer <laughs> every question perfectly. It's hard to believe you're 18 years old. I mean, you're answering these questions with the poise of a 35-year-old 15-year vet in the league, and I can tell you have a bright future ahead of you. You have the right mentality, and I can promise you we're all going to be rooting for you. Oh, thank you very much, and uh, we're just getting started, and I can't wait to go through my pro career and keep getting better day in and day out, so I really appreciate it, and thank you very much for having me. And real quick before we go, tell the fans where they could follow you on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Will Banfield on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I you can just type in Will Banfield. I'm not really sure what the exact uh, name is uh, for the underscores and everything like that. But <laughs> I should have prepared yeah. you for that. I'm sorry. I should no, have had you all good. have the it's all good. ready. But, uh, anyway, Will Banfield, shouldn't be hard to find him. Still haven't gotten the blue check, but I think it's coming soon. But thank you so much for joining us, Will. Really excited to keep following you. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you again for having me. And I look forward to getting started and uh, going through this pro career. Thanks, Will.